Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. message to you tonight about um, Christianity. You know, what is Christianity to us? And it's good for us to delve down deep into the foundations of who we are as Christians and, um, and remember why we do what we do every day. Um, life, I love that song and I love, cre- I love creative stuff and I love innovation because God is such a colorful God. You know, he's not just black and white. He's not just do this, do that. I want you to conform. I want you to, you know, he says, have life and have it to the full. Live this abundant life. And so when we speak about, when I think about what Christianity is to me, I know that it's not just a religious thing. I didn't just choose Christianity looks good. I might just choose this religion. But I know that this is the life that God wants me to live. And I and, you know, as a child, I read this book by Tommy Teeny, and it's called um, God's Eye View. And it completely changed my mindset of Christianity because God wanted me, he wants you to be lifted up on the wings of eagles, high above to see a whole fresh perspective of what the world is and, and what he has for your life, the vision that he has for your life. Can we open our Bibles tonight to 2 Peter 3 verse, no, 1 verse 3. There's a bit of a chunk of scripture here, but um, there's one thing I want to draw out. So we just start at verse 3. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And if we just skip down, I'm going to go to verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control. And to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's what summarizes tonight is I never want to live a life that is ineffective and unproductive. I want to be someone that is driven with effectiveness. I want every day to be just seizing what the Lord has for me, seizing what the Lord has for me every day. I want to wake up with the Holy Spirit whispering into my ear constantly. You know, I don't want to just put my head down and walk through the supermarket. That's where I always find God speaks to me. I don't want to just walk through the supermarket with my head down. You know, I've got my own problems to deal with God. I don't have time for people. You know, and you just miss divine opportunities that he has. I want to be an effective Christian. So there's five things today that I want to look at, five things that make us different from the world because we have salvation in Christ. So point number one is hope. Jenny, I just want to honour you tonight. You are an inspiration to this church. And um, I know it's been a really tough time for you. But do you know what? You are the greatest example in this church of the hope of Christ. And it just shines out of you everywhere you go. 
you know, I know that there is situations where you've had to go to the hospital and I know you've been surrounded by other people and, and that are patients to this horrible thing and they probably look at you and go, what is it about that woman that is so different? And you know what it is, church? It's the hope of Christ. It's the hope in her eyes that she knows that no matter what happens, God is with her and God is by her side. So it's the hope of Christ that makes us stand out from just your average Joe Blow to being, I'm a Christian. You know, you don't have to wear a sign, I'm a Christian. Look at me, I'm such a good person. No, it's the hope of Christ that shines out of Jenny's eyes that make her different. What is it about that woman that's different? The second one is love. And um, I just think um, the best example that I have in my life of love is my, my nan. My nan loved unconditionally. And if we look at um, 1 Peter 1.22, it says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for one another, love one another deeply from the heart. It's so important that we don't go through life Just, you know, loving as in, oh, you're such a lovely person. Let me give you a hug. But we're really deeply, sincerely caring about our neighbor, caring about our family, about our friends, about our workmates. I sincerely love you because you're not loving out of your natural self. You're loving out of the love that Jesus has for them. And you have to see that with your eyes. Open your eyes and see that that is the love that we emanate. And I know that we have an inheritance. And my nan started something in our family lineage. And it has been passed down to my mother who is the most loving person I know and will embrace you in whatever circumstance you're in. She will embrace you no matter what. And I believe that it's come down into the next generation and then into my children and it will keep passing down. So these things that God has given us, this life that God has given us, it's not just for us, but it's for our inheritance. It's for our children. It's for our children's children. Um, The next one is encouragement. I have this beautiful friend and she's been so close to me for the last four years because we've had, this will be our third child together. We've had um, the first two we met in the clinic and, um, and we've been journeying together and now we're pregnant again together and it's so beautiful to have a friend alongside you that you can journey through life. But one thing that I learned about my friend is she didn't want to know anything about God or about church. So I made the, the bad mistake of we were just walking and talking, you know, with our prams and she was going through something and I said, oh, can I pray for you? And she went, no, don't don't bother with that, you know, and she completely shut me down. And, um, and I quickly learned that she didn't want to have anything to do with God, anything to do with the church. But do you know what? Um, it shook me a little bit at first because I was like, whoa, I've never really been rejected like that. Like a little bit cut, but um, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, but do you know what? Over the last four years that we've been friends, I have just been sewing into her. Not, I never use the word God, Jesus, you know, all these Christian cliches because I know that she'll just shut off. But I'm always sewing into her words of encouragement, words of love. And I was with her yesterday and she's um, actually moving away at the end of the year, which is really sad. But she said to me, Jilly, what am I going to do when I have this next baby and I have no one to speak encouragement into my life? 
you're the only person in my life that helped me get through my last newborn because everyone knows newborns can be really tricky and it's good to have encouragement around your life. And she said, what am I going to do? Like the last thing you said to me, I wrote it on my whiteboard and I was speaking it over myself and I'm like, should we do the salvation prayer now? Like, I think you're saved. <laughs> um, you know, they don't know. They don't know. But what they're hearing is it's the love. It's, it's the encouragement of Jesus. And it made me think I came home and shared that with Andrew. And he said, you know what, Jill? Like, I think we get stuck in a Christian bubble where we're so used to hearing encouragement. We're so used to hearing people go, you're incredible. You can do this. Come on, you know. And, um, and then we just, you know, oh, thank you so much. You're amazing. You know, it just goes back over our heads, over our heads. But people in the world that never have anyone encourage them, they're just going, what did you say? You said I can do this? Like, I can be a mum. I can get through this. You know, and they, they're taking it on board. So let us be Christians of encouragement. Let us not take that for granted and think, oh, that's just stupid. Like, of course she knows that. She knows she can be a mum. No, let's speak into our friends, into our family, words of encouragement to get them through. Um, it is so empowering. Like my husband, he, you know, you've all been infected by him because <laughs> he just goes around. He can't help it. He can't help it. But he just, but it is so empowering, you know. The next thing, um, the next thing I think that makes us different from the world is our direction, our vision, and our purpose. Um, we have an incredible thing in this church, and that is that we have an apostolic leader as our pastor, with not just vision for. Oh, just you lovely people just sitting there. That's great. We're so happy you're in church. But he has vision for an 1,100-seater auditorium on this property. We have bought 11 acres. This is the stage. The rest of us go, wow, good on you, Pastor Phil. You are crazy. But God wants us to be crazy. He wants us to have incredible vision that is breaking through boundaries of impossibilities because my God doesn't live in this world of in the box because he lives outside of that, you know, and we have to keep lifting our vision. And I think, you know, let's not take that for granted. When we come to church and Pastor Phil is like, iron sharpens iron, come on people, you can do it. Lift your gaze, be stretched, larger capacity. You can do this, you know, and some of you are like, I can't be stretched any longer, but you can, you can. Because the visionary leader ahead of us is pushing us through. You know, um, it's not just vision in the corporate with the church, but it's also vision in your personal life. And I believe that um, mum, dad, child, youth, you need to get a vision for your own life as well. And, um, and have a vision for your family. Have a vision for your children. And when you feel like your children are, you know, maybe doing what you don't want them to do or going off the path you thought they'd be on, speak it back into existence. Speak, no, no, I've prayed this since you were in my womb. You will, you will come to fruition in God, you know. I can see it, I can see it and keep seeing it because, you know, like I said to Christine, um, your prayers are not ineffective. God hears every prayer and he's constantly working, constantly working. Allow the Holy Spirit sang that beautiful song this morning, Jamie, Holy Spirit, and it speaks to me every time. Because, you know, for us just to still ourselves in our personal lives, 
we get hit with decisions and I think that we sort of go into autopilot of just going, quick, got to make a decision. And we don't stop and we don't ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this situation? I think the best way to do it is to practice with the small things. You know, um, my, I'm a mum, okay, so my examples are mothery. But, you know, like... Um, <laughs> This is a big one, getting rid of the dummy from my child. My nearly four-year-old child, I know I'm really naughty. But um, I just said, I tried to do it in my own strength for so long, and I was like, I can't do this, I can't do this. I stopped, and I said, Holy Spirit, what is it? And he just said, music. And I was like, are you serious? Is that all? Is that all it is? I gave her music. She slept through the night without a dummy. Hasn't had one for two weeks. So the Holy Spirit answers even your small prayers, even if you feel it's stupid. But big decisions, you know, nothing is too big. Nothing is out of his reach. He's got you on his mind. He's got your vision on his mind. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. The last thing is wisdom. Wisdom. I love, I live by wisdom. I live by God's wisdom because I can't do anything without it. I can't make any decisions without his wisdom. If we just turn to 2 Chronicles 1.7, it's Solomon and it says, um, God says to him, ask whatever you want me to give you. And then further down 2 Chronicles 1.10, Solomon answers, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may increase. God Solomon wanted wisdom and knowledge. And I love, I'm just going to turn to Ephesians 1.17. I know I'm flying through scriptures, but seriously, there's no better way to explain this than through the word of God. Um, Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. See, Wisdom isn't just um, knowing something better than someone else. It's actually a spirit that comes upon you. It's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you. The Holy Spirit, our beautiful friend who is here for us, our comforter, he is here to speak to. You know, God left the Holy Spirit. And it says in um, 1 Peter that even the angels are jealous of us, that we have access to the Holy Spirit. But when God says the spirit of wisdom and revelation, what he's saying is you have access to the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So I love that because when I think of it, I think of it coming upon me. So when I'm in a situation where I need wisdom, I'll be saying, Lord, give me a spirit of wisdom for this situation. And you know what wisdom does? It opens revelation. And suddenly we see, suddenly it's not so, um, where am I going? I don't know what to do. My direction is unfocused. Suddenly we go, right, that's where I'm going. I've got it now. Let's not live a life of being ineffective and unproductive Christians. Is that good? (laughs) Come on, Christians. So I'm just going to go through them. Um, Five things that make us different. Hope, love, encouragement, direction, vision and purpose and wisdom. You know, God has just put on my heart so strongly since being to Presence Conference. I've been running. I'll be honest. I've been running. But God has put on my heart so strongly a vision for this church. 
And I see this church increasing and increasing, not just you being increased in your own self, but increasing in numbers. I'm seeing numbers. I'm seeing this place packed out, 250 people. I'm seeing this place extending out. You know, let's not be stagnant. Let's not be comfortable in our nice little zone, but let's take on this life that God says our Christian life should be like. Not just a life of, I come to church and I pay my dues and I leave. But being an effective Christian, not just here, but out in our world, out in our workplace, in our schools, let's allow the love of Christ to speak louder than our our words could ever do. Let our actions speak louder. Will you stand with me tonight, church? Short message, but I believe that we need to catch what this is saying. Lord God, in this place right now, I pray that you would speak to us, Lord. Would you stir us up again, Lord God, to be effective and powerful Christians in our own world? Lord God, would you speak to us about, Lord God, hope, being a place of hope, being a person of love, being a person of encouragement, seeing vision for my own life, vision for my family, Lord. Let me not be ineffective in this place. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to every person in this place about a vision for this house, that you would start to be stirred up again in your spirits, that you would start to take ownership of this place and say, hey, I'm not happy being comfortable. I'm not happy being complacent, but I want to take back the grounds that the devil has stolen from us, knock down these walls and go and grab the souls that need you most and bring them into the house of God. Jesus. God, I just pray also that in this place right now, that Holy Spirit, we would tune in to you. That we would tune in to that still, small voice that wants to speak to us tonight. You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to unfold vision into your own lives, into your own families, mums, dads. I believe that God is going to be unfolding vision for you, for your families. And that you need to start standing up in that and believing to make a stand for your family. To make a stand that my house will be called a house of prayer. That my house will serve the Lord no matter what. And start to speak that over your own families. Jesus, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.